Hello. Uh, Paul. Hi there. Hi, it's Tim Reed here. Oh, hi Tim. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well indeed. All uh, good. Brilliant. It is just a quick call. Are you still on yeah. for uh, for meeting at uh, the tap for a coffee? Sounds good. Yes. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. Need the coffee. Need the chat. Let's do it. Excellent. All right. So 11 a.m. Nice one. I will see you there. Nice brilliant. one. All right. Thanks, Paul. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. Hi, I'm Tim Reed. I write comedy and coach teams in creativity and innovation. And I think we can all learn how to be more creative by finding out how comedians and comedy writers think, behave, and the methods they use for coming up with a steady stream of new material. So I'm getting inside their funny minds to see where their ideas come from. Today I'm talking to comedy writer and stand-up Paul Carenza. Paul co-wrote the award-winning BBC One sitcom Not Going Out, as well as working on scripts for Miranda. He's authored books on comedy including So a Comedian Walks Into a Church and Genesis, The Bi-Bluffer's Guide. Paul regularly gigs in comedy clubs across the UK and Europe and can often be heard on Chris Evans' Radio 2 show, providing the pause for thought. I met up with Paul for a coffee in Soho. So Paul, I'm going to go inside your funny mind. Right. What do you think I'm going to find? Wow, I don't know. Who knows? A few dark corners that I never knew were there or visited for a while. Um, I don't know. I mean, the part of the, uh, the thing with comedy, of course, I suppose, and generally creativity, is often you you yourself don't really know the answers until you start to talk about it. So in a way, I'm almost hoping myself that I'll uncover a few things that I didn't know I did. And um, and then you sort of think, oh, yeah, I should do that better. Yeah. You know. But that's really interesting. So when you're developing an idea, is that the same that you kind of get started and think, well, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, I think a lot of the time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, you start any idea. And, of course, you don't know. As you start, you have that little spark of something. And often you don't know it will end up as a, uh, as a TV programme, as a novel, as a radio thing, as a film, as a play. Who knows? There's a bit of stand-up. Um, some are quite obvious and some aren't. And, obviously, of course, you also don't know if it will actually work or not. And you could find it just an idea that stays in your head and that's it. You could find that that is the key to unlocking great success. You never know. So when do you, when do you know whether it's going to work or not? So you followed this this yeah. thought, this idea. You, you you're going with it. Mm. At what point do you start to kind of think, oh, there's something in that? What makes you realise? Well, I, I think for myself, I think I sort of pursue an idea um, through its logical and I suppose often illogical, um, you know, full process really to see where it'll end up. Mm. And you, yeah, you've got to commit all. To, it's, it's that sort of weird. Um, you know, dichotomy really between thinking, every, treating every idea like it's gold, and it, this could be the one mm. that cracks Hollywood and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While at the same time acknowledging that it probably won't be, and uh, and so I sort of invest, whether it's a sitcom idea, let's say it's a sitcom pitch, for yeah. example. Um, you know, I think I've got an idea, great. Invest loads in it. Think, brilliant. Let's try this. Work it up. Send it off. And as soon as I send it off. I make a habit of deliberately forgetting about it. Yeah. Going, right, it's in someone else's hands now. I've done all I can for the time being. Yeah. It doesn't mean I won't come back to it. Yeah. Um, but I always try and then move on to another idea straight away. Yeah. Um, and where would you find those from? I don't know. I mean, well, in a more practical way, on from the notepad on my phone of random ideas mm. that I've come up with at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I sort of... You know, I'm one of these people, I'm sure a lot of people have the same thing, thinking I've got loads of ideas. I'm good at starting things, yeah. it's not great at finishing them yeah, yeah, or actually yeah. achieving them. So the real achievement is to fit, you know, yeah. right at the end on something is is really something. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I'm all about, you know, just try an idea, get it out there. I, I had an idea in for, um, it's an afternoon play on Radio 4 
and I had an idea, and it was just one. I, look, I woke up one morning, had the idea, wrote it in a quick blurb. I knew a producer who was looking for ideas, so I thought, quickly, great, mm. done, send, good, yeah. go yeah. seize that. And I tried to move straight onto something else because that way, normally, you'd hear back from a producer like a week or two later. And if it's a no, then you think, fine, I've moved mm. on, I'm on this new thing now. That yeah, idea, yeah. That, I forget yeah. about it it's in the past. But it's like he literally replied like five minutes later on my phone uh, and said, "Oh, thanks, it's not quite what we're looking for." And I just thought, I, "I've not been able to move on yet." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me yeah, grieve. Exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> grieving for this idea that I spent yeah. all day on. I was really yeah. annoyed about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, another idea you can spend ages on yeah. and send it, and by the time they reply six weeks later, it doesn't matter. I've seen the past now, moved on. So you said, uh, you said twice actually. I don't. So interestingly, as you yeah. said, I don't know what I'm going to find out when I start talking about it. Sure. So one thing, I don't know if it's a surprise you, twice now you've said as you were just talking that you, you uh, write down ideas like one is at two o'clock in the morning yeah. and the other is first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, what, what is it with the middle of the night or first thing in the morning? Uh, I think, well, you know, your dreams happen, I suppose, for a start. I know that um, I've had a few, couple of times in the last week, not every night this has happened, but a couple of times I've woken up and in that half wake, half sleepy bit, uh, you know, we got young kids for a start, which is probably something else we'll come back to about yeah, exactly yeah, how you yeah. come with creativity <laughs> when you've got chaos in the house. Um, and you know, so my wife had given me a little half-hour lie-in for the, you know, for that for that one day because I'd had a gig the night before. Or and as I was halfway half asleep, I had like five little ideas to tweak a pilot script I'd written up the week before. And I didn't know that day if I was going to be working on that script that day or what I'd be working on. I suddenly thought, oh yeah, that one scene that's been troubling me, here are five little things that could unpick that in some ways. And so really quickly I had to, I had to write them down on my phone. Because yeah. I thought, you know, I've, in the past I've thought, I'll trust my brain to remember this in an hour, and it won't happen, you know. So quickly get it all down there. I think also myself, often um, <laughs> the shower, often whatever it is, something about the shower, isn't it? Yeah. You come out, shaving you know, for me, but it's the right, same thing, yeah. either in the shower or shaving, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I think, because I've had then half an hour up with the kids or whatever, running around, answering questions that yeah. they're asking. So I was in trouble when I grew a beard. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the idea's stopped. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a strokey beard thing. It's exactly. good for yeah, yeah, making yeah. you look thoughtful. Exactly. But is it actually? You've got a shavy yeah. beard yeah. thing. Is, yeah, uh, get the idea. It's my Samson Yeah. Weekly. I think for myself, it's the um, the blasting noise of a shower where you can't hear the world. Yeah. You can only hear the thoughts in your head. So is that the yeah. same as when you're, as you say, half asleep? There's something about yeah. shutting out the world that I think allows... So. I think so. I know I've, there's a comedy uh, comedian who's now a, who writes now about um, comedy. Uh, who Her advice is do your creative stuff first thing, before breakfast if need be, or have breakfast and do it, whatever. But often, you know, if you can do an hour before breakfast, get it done because you've got all the ideas fresh of the day. And then get to emails at three, four o'clock in the afternoon when you're tired, mm. um, which I thought, brilliant advice. And I found yes. in my world, I can't, I can do the complete opposite. For whatever reason, I find as soon as I get up and start the day, once I've had the shower and the early morning ideas, um, I've checked my phone and suddenly I see the 10 emails I've got to deal with. Mm. And I find if I try and work on creative writing, I'm thinking about the emails. And, so I yeah. find my way is that um, once I've had my early morning burst of ideas, had breakfast, kids are off to preschool, whatever. Um, then I spend about an hour doing all my emails, yeah. getting all the stuff out that I'll be thinking about. And then I'd probably do the crux of my writing between about half ten and half four. And then go back to the emails again that have come in since half four. That's really interesting. And then sort the kids out, have dinner, have yeah. an evening, whatever. Um, so my, for me, it's that middle five, six hours of the day is my best time for writing so up those Is things. that because of how your brain is at different times of the day? 
probably so. I think, I mean, it's part of your brain, part of your suggestion your lifestyle. That, you know, that works for me just because we've got, I know that between about half seven and half nine, we've got yeah. kids getting out the door. Yes. I won't get anything, you know, that um, the, the comedy writer I was talking about, is, you, you know, called, she's called Sally Holloway, she's brilliant. Uh, and yeah, she's saying, get your ideas done. If you can do it before breakfast, yeah. brilliant. And if, if you have a quiet house at 8.30 in the morning, great time to do it. I know for a, for a fact that if I snuck off at half eight and said to my wife, uh, yeah. I'm just going to go and write these ideas up, then uh, I get an earful. Yeah. So um, instead, uh, for me, quickly write down the ideas if I've got any, yeah. and then uh, get, get to the rest of it when the place is quiet. Yeah about half ten move on get the day going you know. and so you do you do two different kinds of writing I mean yeah. probably loads of different kinds of writing but fund of, you, you contribute on existing formats like Miranda and Not Going Out yep. and you also kind of obviously generate your own mm. original ideas yes. and develop those as well is the creative process different to both or what are the different challenges yeah I think uh, and again even they, they sort of then break down in like you said all different areas mm. as well because I do the stand up as well so that's mm. sort of writing for myself but then I put that on the back burner last few years I'm still doing the stand-up, I'm doing it three times a week, but I'm not focusing on the writing for it because I'm putting my writing energies into the other things. Yeah. You know? So there's all sort of breaking out in different areas, but yeah, I think they do seem to work quite differently. So at the minute, in terms of my general brain and focus, if I've got a day when I've got, my, today for example, I'm writing for myself, getting an idea up and running, and I'm excited and enthused mm. until I hit the screen and suddenly I'm going, ah, what am I doing? But you know, walking down the street and going, yes, I'm going to get to that coffee shop, I'm going to get right and love it. As soon as the phone rings, like, you know, we've got some paid work for you, can you write on this other show? Yeah. There's a slight sense of, oh, okay, well, that's the nine to five, that's the, the drudgery of it. Even though it's great, I mean, it's very exciting to write for it. But you know you're writing for someone else, they've got the ideas, it's up and running. I get sent a script with lots of highlighted bits, you know, need jokes here, get from A to B like this. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, I find that then probably easier, you know, because um, they've done a lot of the hard work on it. Yeah, so it's like it's more focused in, yeah, rather than kind of anything's possible. Totally. You know, so you've got a much tighter. Yeah, brief. definitely. You've got a blank sheet of paper when I'm doing my own stuff. Yeah. And even when I've got like you know this thing I've got at the minute, I've got an idea for a script and I've written up most of a pilot episode and synopsis and all, I know who the characters are and all that stuff. But I'm I'm not writing it with someone else. I'm writing it purely myself. So until I hand it to a producer, that's yeah. they're the person who then goes, ah, oh, well, here are the things you need yeah. to change about that. Whereas when I'm writing for someone else, I'm kind of doing part of that job myself because they send a thing over saying, here's what we want, here's how, here's how we're currently going for A to B, can you do a funny version of this? Yeah. And in a way then, the work I then do making that funnier and better and yeah. you know nicer, I need to have that hat on when looking at my own stuff. Yeah. I need to have the editing yeah, really critical hat on. But it's so easy then, I go back to my own stuff and suddenly it's, ah, oh, well, my flight of fancy, here's yeah. the stuff I really want to do. Yeah. But when you look at it with a critical hat, you suddenly go, well, that seems far too long. If I saw that in someone else's writing, I would be so criticising. Do, do you think you need both? So you need the, the, the uncritical, unediting, and flight of fancy type of hat yeah. first, sure. and then bring in the other? I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah so and it's a case of at what point do you change hats yeah you know? and sometimes in the original flight of fancy stuff you know they always say this idea of oh just automatic writing and put anything down and yeah. be free and be free flowing yeah and you know it, there are people who will sort of argue that you shouldn't be editing at that point and then there are those that would say well actually to hone the idea and make it yeah look crisp you need to at some point how does it work for you yeah i think at some point you've got to have uh your, your editing hat on for that um otherwise it will go crazy yeah um but really, it's, I suppose at that point, it's zooming in 
on what the good idea is in that. What is the really, what's the solid idea in that? So, for example, the, the, the pilot thing I'm working on today is just, you know, started off as a sitcom idea. I knew what the idea was. I knew the location for it. I knew a couple of the characters, and I built some characters around it and thought, oh, well, this character would work well here, and this one would bounce off that. And before I know it, I had about eight to ten characters. Mm. And, for, and that lasted for a good few weeks of me going, yeah, this is fine, it's good. And it's only when you suddenly go, hang on a second, eight to ten characters, that's a lot of characters yeah. for this. I'm think, you know, I think in my head I had it as like, I don't know, a lower low or high high with this grand yeah. cast of things. But realistically... So what, ha- what, you know, what you happens that. at that point in your head then? Well, then I started sort of amalgamising, going, well, that character, what's that character bringing to it? They're bringing one or two things, but not enough to... And then it felt bad. You start to go, well, I, start, I care about this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to kill that one off. Yeah. So I amalgamated two together. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you know, you start to sort of have to sacrifice a few holy cows, really. You know? But I think that's a really interesting part of the creative process, that kind of ability to uh, think really expansively and kind of explore all lots of different possibilities. Yeah. But then know when to get reductive. Yes, and then, yeah. uh, and, but I, I think if you started reductive or you started yeah. sm- smaller, it probably wouldn't be as good no, as it was if you started with the kind of more anything's possible. Totally, totally. And also, I mean, it's, and it seems to, that's philosophy, I think, seems to work generally throughout the industry and in that, you know, if you start, you know, the times that I've started quite sort of focused in and thought, right, okay, this idea, I think it'd be good for just that little producer there. Well, I send it to just that one and we'll see. And then fine, if he might like it, he might not like it, we talk around it, and a year later we're still talking about yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas the idea is I go, you know what, um, this one here, I'm going to send it to these, these, I'm going to chat to these five, not send the same thing to all five, but yeah. just chat generally to them. Yeah. And it might be that in the, one, of the, one of the guys says, well, not that idea, but let's work on this other thing together. Yeah. You know, having that broad-minded, like, well, let's try yeah. throw everything at the wall to start with. Yeah. And it might be that your one idea that you thought was a brilliant idea, you find a completely different idea. Yeah, yeah. You show the first one, you have suddenly two brilliant ideas. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's yeah, being broad to begin with, and only then zooming in uh, when you really need to. Yeah, it's, really it's, it's the same with the stand-up. If you've got yeah. a nice, um, a nice bit, a nice routine, it might start off as a brilliant five-minute, ten-minute, just long story. And it's only then when you start to hone it down, it might be that ultimately that becomes one five second ten second joke yeah but you needed a ten minute story to get to that so ten second joke when you're being really, when you're still being expansive yeah kind of wondering whether it's stand up or, or a, an original sitcom idea uh, where do you fish for the different thoughts and ideas how do, where do they come from how do you get expansive um, yeah I don't I mean there's no doesn't seem to be that sort of magic formula um, I mean sometimes it might be that there's an idea I particularly wanted to explore um, you know if there's a current trend or a current thing you think oh that's a bit unmanned you know there's a nice little thing we could relate in that and of course it's not just you know it's this idea that it's not like saying oh let's do a sitcom set in a bank or something it would yeah. be more like well no let's have a, something that unpicks this a little bit yeah. it's the idea of um, you know these sell absolutely fabulous is on the surface it's about this fashion world but of course in practice it's about a daughter yeah. being parent to her own mother. Yeah. You know, it's a more, it's a more it's interesting a more human story. insight. You know? so, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's finding the story that you think, oh, there's something in this that yeah. would be interesting to tell. Yeah. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's literally an overheard conversation on the train, and you think, oh, that phrasing sparks off a little joke or a, a story or something, or you know, a story from your own life. Often it's those misunderstandings. Mm. You think of you know, you think of the anecdotes you tell down the pub. Um, or you know, you meet a new friend. What are your? Everyone sort of got seems to have got like a top three, top five anecdotes. Or here, here are the good stories that define me in some way. That are kind of good to tell. And um, 
yeah, often in one of those. What, 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 yeah. what makes that a good story? Is it there's a misunderstanding? Is it you learn something? Yeah. Is it there's something in that? You know? And do you think the ability to recognise that or, or focus in on that and see the possibilities in that is what separates you from, say, other people who, who couldn't be naturally, you know, funny and creative in that way? Well, I think it's often... Um, I don't think of myself as particularly different. I mean, I, you know, I, I could have easily ended up in completely different job yeah. nothing to do with entertainment business um, it's more the fact I don't think I've had loads of medical problems as a kid so I think that sort of zoned me in on doing what I wanted to do rather than uh, anything else so I think I just ended up doing stand-up and writing purely because I thought well life's too short let's just do this so something forced you to kind of be brave enough yeah. to go do you know what I'm going to do just what do I'm it. Do. exactly yeah so and I very quickly um, after a couple of years of doing stand-up I realised that I probably could never have an office job because yeah. I don't I have, yeah. I've got a a 10-year gap on my CV now for a start. <laughs> I have no pension, I have no, you know, but um, but I enjoy it, you know, it's yeah. great for every day is different and all that sort of thing. But I do think that, I don't think my brain's necessarily different from a lot of people's. Um, you know, every good stand-up has friends who are far funnier than them. Mm. Um, so, in different lines of yeah, work and stuff. I love it, most so, people say that, didn't they? It's not about the being funny, yeah. it's that writing is a different craft yeah. to just I think, being, um, you know, and, the, and the for funny me, kid at school. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think often, um, for me, it's more like necessity being the mother of invention. So yeah. if a producer sort of happens to say to me, I'm looking for sitcoms at the minute, um, what have you got? Or if we're looking for something about along these lines, it makes you think like that, yeah. and then you you hone that in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you say that, but obviously there's also uh, there must be something that goes on in your brain that's different. So, for example, you know, if you, most people couldn't receive a script from Miranda with a load of red marks all over it saying we need to get from A to B here and make this bit funny and be able to do it, you can. What 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 do you do to be able to do that? Um, I don't know really. I mean. The thing with like the Miranda stuff is, is it's nice to to think, and I think I've got a few friends who think as well that clearly um, the entire world of writers auditioned for that, or you know, interviewed for that part of writing, and she picked the best one, which was me. And that is thoroughly not the case, you know. Writing for Miranda on Miranda, writing for Lee Mac and not going out, both of which uh, were, were I can I can plot the exact through line of the first ever joke I handed into a radio show. And then I got to know that producer who moved to that show, got to know a different producer who moved to that show, got to know Lee. Um, just purely because I didn't go to the loo at the right time, he walked into the BBC Radio Comedy Office and said, right, I need a writer, who's... And I'm going, oh, hello, hello. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to work on not going out on telly. I suggested Miranda part for the role of a part of not going out. She got the part, she got her own sitcom. I happened to be there at a recording of not going out when she said that she needed some help writing with her sitcom. Well, she was telling someone else, I just overheard it, went, oh, hello, you know. So all of it is just right place, right time. But it's that, um, I forget who, who said it, it was a, is it Seneca, one of those Greek, ancient Greek writers who said about preparation being, you know, I think preparation plus luck equals, you know, fortune or whatever it is, it's something yeah. like that. And it's, it's yeah, so it's I've purely had luck at the right time to meet the right people, yeah. but also being, having the preparation ready. Yeah. That is, um, so if Miranda says, I need someone to help write a sitcom with me, I can go, yeah, I can start tomorrow, I've yeah. got some ideas, what do you yeah. need, you know? Yeah, so, so, but, um, that's, but that's a critical part of it. I totally yeah. get what you're saying about the serendipity of being yeah. in the right place at the right time. But clearly you've also got a skill. Yeah. You, 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 ha you, you have an ability to say, right, if it needs to be funny here, I can come up with something funny. So when you're mm. doing that, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you do that? How, how do you 
How do you well, spot the, the potential for a gag somewhere? Okay, yeah. Well, I, I um, yeah. Well, for a start, I think a lot of it is learned. I'm still learning as well. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing. Really, that's fascinating in itself. Um, I think most people yeah. would think you're either naturally brilliant at yeah. writing gags, but you, no, so you're, you're still you're learning. learning yeah, still learning all the time. And, and what do you? So, other tools and techniques that you've learned? Yeah. Well, I think for, I mean, one of the main ones, I suppose, for not going out of Miranda and really any comedy show. Someone says, "Can you spruce this up? Sprinkle it with some jokes and things." Yes. Um, my, I mean, it's probably obvious to say, but my, uh, the easiest ones I find to do are ones like, for example, we're not going out, Lee would highlight all the lines, need funny version of this line. Yeah. That is, for me, is far, far easier than if someone says, here's a script, none of it's highlighted, just look through it and add a few jokes yeah. where you think's best. And that's, again, it's a bit like the blank sheet of paper. I go, well, that's so fast. You know, they say you've got a day to do that. You know, yeah. it's going to take a day to read the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas if it's going, you know, you scroll down to the next highlight of it, great, I can happily spend an hour focused on one line to make it better. And so for me, my technique then is to look at that line, look at the sentence, look at the phrasing, if nothing instantly strikes me, um, rewrite that line, not in a funny way, but just how, what's a different way you could say the same stuff. And then in that new version, is there a bit of wordplay? Is there a phrasing that's funny? Is there a different phrasing that character would or wouldn't say? So it's knowing the characters, knowing what they'd say, knowing what the person listening to that character would say, what their relationship is. Um, you know, so if Lee, in his phrasing, says something that sounds a bit northern, that yeah. was often the joke that his southern landlady would yeah, have yeah, a joke yeah. about how northern it would be with yeah, him. Yeah. Um, so often, you know, turn a phrase, rewrite. Sometimes I've rewritten a line 12, 15 times until you find, ah, there's a new phrasing, but there's something we can have some fun with in that, you know. Um, we did the same when we were doing the news quiz, the now show, some of the topical shows. You're looking through the papers. If you know the big story that week is going to be something horribly dry like taxation or something you look at the big news stories about it look at the quotes you know Gordon Brown said this week this and then we can uh, how topical am I Gordon Brown um, yeah. that's what I, I was writing for the news quiz you know. um, and uh, but yeah what's what's in his phrasing is there something you could say yeah. about the way he's phrased it that yeah. you can then play with and if not can we rephrase it in some way can yeah. we talk about it in a different way so um, yeah zooming in on those lines just rephrasing re-joking re rehashing yeah. until funny funniness yeah. will come eventually yeah, having yeah, faith yeah. that funny will come yeah. I think often is the case so that's a, it's a brilliant range of techniques you've got to be able to one focus in on, on one line and re-express in lots of different ways to look for yeah. look for the funny but you can clearly also write long form you know you've written a few books mm. uh, so, so is, how have you found that is that a different is that a different creative process yeah and I've, I'm, I've, to be honest, I've loved the book writing mm. um, I've done two or three I'd uh, love to do more um, and I, maybe I will one day not for the foreseeable I think but um, you know if there were more if there were money in books mm. I think I would just do books yeah really um, why is that um, I think just the freedom to be able to sit in a coffee shop and just write what you want to write and uh, you know it's been great fun writing for, for the sitcoms for other people but there's always this it's very tight those limitations as to what you can actually where you can go and you all know this yourself from your own experience that actually yeah. it's, if you've got a scene where there are two characters and they're talking about this thing and you go well we need to make this funnier it's really tightly yeah, totally. limited as to what yeah. where you can go with that you know there are freedom and creative things you can do but it's really mm. most of them won't work you've got to find the ones that will work yeah. and will be will, will suit which the in some ways creatively is really helpful as yeah. you were saying before it's going to be it gives you such a tight defined focus sure. to, so when you've got a book it's several, yeah. several blank canvases vast absolutely you know so with the book things I think you know I've got for example I've got an idea for a novel at the minute which is probably years away from me ever sitting down and trying to write it but Again, it just started off with a little idea, a little concept, and then I'm working out, okay, what characters would best show off this concept? 
Um, and then instantly I've got that paranoia thinking, oh, but isn't it meant to be character first? Oh, no, have I kind of blown this idea because it's meant to be get a good character and then build it around that. And then they think, oh, no, they're a concept-driven thing. That's okay, you know. Um, and then you start reading, I think, a lot as well. I think it's good to, you know, Stephen King's great book on writing, you know, just advising, just, you know, almost got to spend as much time reading as you have writing uh, to, to get that done. And you look at then the big, whether it's... Um, I mean, populists like the Harry Potters, Lord of the Rings, going, what makes those work? What are the formula they've got? Are they character first or, or story first? I don't know, you know, so... But then at the same time, you're trying to have fun with it. Yeah. You know, let's, we've got 200 pages to fill. Let's, let's explore this. Let's explore it's this. really interesting, because I'm kind of hearing, and I, I absolutely recognise it, that, that um, the, the, the contrast and dilemma between creative freedom and like, flights yeah. of fancy and anything's possible, and yet the struggle with thinking about mm. technique and rules and, yeah. and all of that kind of thing. And how the two fit together is often yes, yes. actually where the magic lies, yeah. I guess. And I've heard both conflicting ideas as well. It's this idea that the last thing you should do is write. Yeah. That every, you know, get the outline, get the characters, get everything else nailed down first, and then go right. Let's because if you write too soon, yeah. then you suddenly go, oh, I have to yeah. lose that character. I'll pick it. Oh no, what if we have to set this hundred yeah, years ago? Yeah. But then other people say, no, I just got to get down and write. You know, yeah. just see where it goes. Yeah. And uh, then I you can find after. what works for you. In that. So yeah, I, I'm always going back and forth on yeah. it. Really, yeah. So if there's someone listening today to this, uh, and they were thinking, right, I, I want to up my create, I, w- I want to become more creative. Yeah. What's the one thing you would say to them that they could do today to up their own creativity? I think um, that it would be good if you want to up. Generally, if you want to up your creativity, it means that um, yeah, you want to explore. You want to kind of maybe have start having a bit of fun with it, whether it's a blank bit of paper with a pen, whether it's, you know, you open a Word document or whether you're an artist in one of blank canvas, whatever it might be, find a bit of time for a start, a bit of time where, you know, like in our house, like I said, you know, we've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, I use my house now for admin only, generally. You know, I get my emails done, I get my tax return done, whatever. If I want to write, I, I, I go out, you know, I go to a coffee shop down the road and, um, and just write, you know, and that way you can people watch, you can whatever you want to do, but don't ever get distracted by you've got to get something done you've got to get something down on a bit of paper and it might be at the end of the day you walk away with one page or ten pages or one paragraph or even a sentence you know you could but if you delete as much as you write you know fine if it it takes that to get to actually at the end of it you go wow at the end of it I've got a golden joke a golden tagline you know you suddenly go wow this is how we should have been advertising cola all these years then it's then it's been worthwhile if that's your thing you know so um yeah, so just making the space, making the time, give, giving yourself an hour, ten minutes, whatever it might be, just giving yourself a bit of time and space, and let just get it down, being creative, and then you can zone in, then you can zoom in and um, edit afterwards. But um, and I need to listen to this myself, physician, heal thyself. You know, take a bit of time. Don't just sit there. Turn your phone off as well. Playing that, or at least on silent. You know, but half the time I'm there thinking I should be writing. I'm there playing whatever it is, thinking, oh yes, this is turning off the right part of my brain so I can think properly, but is it, is it really? It's got to get right, it's got to do it. Paul Carenza, funny, charming, thoughtful and brilliantly clever. Well, three things that Paul mentioned that I thought were really interesting. So zooming in and zooming out. You zoom out to get expansive and explore a world of possible ideas and then zoom in to get really detailed and craft that idea being prepared to kill it and zoom out again if you realise it's not working. And whether you're a plan it out meticulously before you start writing type of person or a just get writing and see where it goes type, 
I think work out what works best for you. And making the time and space to be creative, whether that's turning your phone off or finding a place away from the office that works for you, somewhere you can really start thinking and get zooming out and then zooming in again. Well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find more in the Inside Funny Minds series on iTunes.